On 23 July, uh, the Australian Treasurer Josh Frydenberg and Finance Minister Matthias Cormann presented their economic and fiscal update for July 2020. The government has provided timely economic support of 289 billion Australian dollars for fiscal and balance sheet measures equivalent to 14.6% of GDP in 2019-2020. This together with large declines in taxation receipts and increases in payments has seen a major deterioration in the Australian budget position. The deficit in the year just passed in 2019-20 of $85.4 billion is a deficit of 4.3% of GDP. The, de- the budget deficit of 2021, uh, which is the year we're entering, is an estimated deficit of $184.5 billion. This is a deficit of 9.7% of GDP. The government estimates that output will fall by 3.75% this year and grow by 2.5% next year. They estimate that their estimate of a decline of 3.75% uh, is, uh, is better than uh, what we thought was going to happen, which is a decline of 4.6%. They then suggest that the economy will grow by 2.5% next year. We think it will grow by at least 3.2% in the year ahead. The reason that we have a faster estimated growth than they do is because we have a higher estimate for iron ore prices than they do. Uh, This higher estimate is based on our model of Australian export prices of iron ore. Uh, By mid-2021, the government suggests that unemployment will be 8.75%. They believe that by mid-21, employment will have risen by 1%, that the consumer price will rise by 1.25%, and the wage index will also rise by 1.25%. With much larger budget deficits, they expect their gross debt uh, to expand to 34.4% of GDP, or $684 billion, as of June this year, that is to say, they already expect it to be 694 billion Australian dollars. And they expect gross debt to expand further to 851.8 billion dollars or 45% of GDP by the time we get to the middle of next year, June 2021. But what we're interested in is in net debt, and that's expected to be, it's expected to have been 488.2 billion dollars or 24.6% of GDP on 30 June 2020, and it's expected to increase to $677.1 billion, or 35.7% of GDP uh, by 30 June 21. Even with those high levels, our debt to GDP will be significantly lower than the United States or the United Kingdom, where we anticipate debt to GDP by the end of 21 to rise to not less than... 100% of GDP. Now, the reason we think that is because uh, the most recent uh, levels of debt to GDP published by, uh, for both the UK and the US, published by the US Congressional Budget Offices, is that um, 
even before this started, uh, uh, UK debt to GDP was 79% of GDP and uh, the US debt to GDP was 82% of GDP. So with the additional spending, you'd expect both of those to go well over, well, certainly over 100% of GDP in terms of debt at debt. One of the best things that the Australian government has done in this crisis is the JobKeeper payments. The government tells us that JobKeeper payments have covered over 96,000 organisations and over 3.5 million individuals. As of uh, the most recent data, which was collected on the 21st of June, payments have totaled $30.6 billion uh, over the six periodic payments uh, to that period. So the government has paid $30.6 billion to, in JobKeeper already. Our own estimate is that this JobKeeper program has reduced unemployment by 5.4% in allowing that amount of the workforce to move from full-time employment to part-time employment, but still be retained within the firms that employs them. And that that means they can return rapidly uh, to employment as the demand for their firm's product uh, comes back again. Support for individuals has been provided by expanding additional welfare payments by the coronavirus supplement, the coronavirus supplement is $550 per fortnight and started on the 27th of April 2020 and continues up until uh, the 24th of September 2020. Uh, this means it was meant to support people who could not go back in the workforce uh, as the, uh, the economy reopens. This payment is being extended from the 25th of September to the end of this year and it'll reduce to $250 per fortnight. It's being reduced so as not as to be a disincentive to people from re-entering the workforce. The global economy is forecast to contract by four and three quarter percent this year, and the global economy is expected to expand by 5% next year. However, expected that uh, continual social distancing restrictions, business restructuring and the level of sovereign debt may keep uh, business activity below their pre-pandemic levels till the end of uh, 2021. Now, the government expects that the Australian economy fell by 7% in the June quarter of 2020. Together with that decline of 7% of GDP in 2020, they also note that output declined by 0.3% in the March quarter. So that means a decline in the first half of 2020 by 7.3%. Now, they estimate that by the end of the year, Australian GDP will go down by 3.6%. But that means in order, to, in order to get to that, the economy has to grow by 3.6% in absolute terms from the beginning of this quarter, from the middle of, from the 1st of July to the end of the year. And uh, this would arguably be the fastest growth rate the Australian economy has achieved in a six-month period since World War II. Um, still, they think that unemployment will peak at the end of this year, in December, at about nine and a quarter percent. They provide comparisons with the performance of other countries. They think that China is expected to grow one and three quarter percent this year, and eight and 
a quarter percent next year. Now we've talked about this fact that the Chinese uh, recovery is already happening and we've noted that the Chinese steel production is already significantly higher than it was a year ago and that's generating a strong demand for Australian iron ore exports. However, the government expects that Indian GDP will fall by 4% this year. Japanese GDP will fall by 6.25% this year. But we, they think that US GDP will fall by 8% uh, this year, but we, we, I'd like to note that that's more than the most recent estimate by the Congressional Budget Office is for a decline of only 5.9% uh, this year. Well, only in, is being smaller in comparison. The euro area, the government thinks should fall by eight and three quarter percent, and the world as a whole should fall by four and three quarter percent. So, if the Australian economy declines by three and three quarter percent, we'll not only have uh, performed better than most big industrial economies, but we'll also outperform the world as a whole uh, because that falls that the world is expected sector to fall in output by four and three quarter percent. Next year, China is expected to grow by eight and a quarter percent. India is expected to grow by four and a quarter percent. Japan is expected to grow by two and three quarter percent. And the United States is expected to grow by four and three quarter percent. The euro area, four percent. And the world economy is expected to grow by five percent. This means a strong recovery in the world economy next year. Our estimate is that the Australian economy will grow by about, by at least 3.2 percent next year. And our estimate is higher than theirs by 70 basis points. The risk ahead. The risk in the, in the two years ahead that we can see in the uh, papers uh, supporting the statement is from a dramatic decline in investment, in particular non-mining uh, investment. Mining investment is expected to have risen in the financial year just passed by 4% in 2019-20. But non-mining as investment is expected to have fallen by 9%. And this disparity gets worse as we go into 2021. The government thinks that mining investment will rise by 9.25% over the financial year ahead between now and the middle of 21. But they think that non-mining investment will slump by 19.5%. Is that slump in non-mining investment which puts downward pressure on the Australian economy? They also see a sharp decline in the terms of trade in 2021, in part because of a decline in the iron ore price. Our belief is that's just not going to happen. Uh, they provide two scenarios, for example, one in which the iron ore price will fall from the current level of over $100 a tonne to $55 a tonne by the end of this year. And the second scenario is that it'll hold up this year and then fall next year, early next year. And they've estimated if it doesn't fall to $55 a tonne by the end of this year, nominal GDP will be $9 billion higher than forecast, and tax receipts will be $1.2 billion higher. Uh, but that's in the circumstance where they still think it's going to get uh, sold off dramatically next year. We don't think the iron ore price is going to fall in either year. Uh, and the reason, as we've pointed out, is because Chinese steel production is very strong, and the demand for our iron ore is very strong. We believe that iron ore will finish at the end of 21 above $100 per tonne of iron ore, and we think that both the government receipts and GDP growth will be significantly higher than the government currently believes. 
The other problem, potential problem is the debt run. The underlying cash deficit, which is expected to be $85.8 billion this year, last year, or 4.3% of GDP, is expected to rise this year again to $84.5 billion or 9% of GDP in the current year, um, up until in the financial year from now up until the middle of 21. Net debt, which without this deficit would have been around $400 billion, or about 20% of GDP, then has to rise. And with the deficit for 2019-20, net debt increases to $488 billion, or 24.6% of GDP, to the end of the financial year just passed. And that increases further to $677.1 billion, or 35.7% of GDP, by the middle of next year, in 30 June 2021. The government notes, and we agree, that Australia continues to have a low level of GDP relative to other countries. And I've already noted why I think that we anticipate that debt to GDP uh, at the end of 21 for uh, both the US and the UK will be um, around or in excess of uh, 100% of GDP. Even though our debt to GDP is rising and is lower than most other uh, economies. This helps rating agencies in supporting the AAA uh, Australian debt rating. In addition to that, we think that strong current account uh, and trade surpluses driven by mining exports continues to support our rating. The government notes in its document on page 44 of their publication that, and I quote, since the onset of the pandemic, each of the three major rating agencies has affirmed Australia's AAA rating, noting the resilience of the Australian economy and the government's response to the pandemic. So in conclusion, the Australian economy is expected to fall by three and three quarter percent this year, and the government then expects it to grow by two and a half percent next year. We think that growth next year will be uh, at least 3.2%, and that, that stronger growth uh, uh, estimate is, is supported by our model of Australian iron ore prices, which suggests that the Australian iron ore export price should remain above $100 a tonne this year and $100 a tonne next year. And that will allow the government to have both a better growth and budget results than suggested in their update. So as we go into the election year of 2022, the government will have significantly outperformed its own estimates for both calendar 2020 and calendar 2021.